I'm sure there's some sort of anti-greenhouse initiative. Anti-greenhouse? Greenhouse gases. we got to add the gases part. Yes. <laughs> Greenhouses themselves are actually anti-greenhouse gas. <laughs> we're, we're really against greenhouses. <laughs> I hate all that glass. Greenhouses. <laughs> They're the worst. Oh, man, those greenhouses. I just, can't, I just like, I love to give my, my winnings <laughs> from my fantasy sports to they fight to, have to combat solid greenhouses. Solid walls. Solid walls. <laughs> Enough of those greenhouses. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Speaking of things that are green, fantasy worlds. That's my segue. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Look. Do you think I was going to talk about marijuana or something? I didn't know. I didn't know. I, was, I was thinking. <laughs> I thought maybe this was a new movie that I had not heard of. I thought there was. <laughs> Speaking of green, fantasy worlds. Completely caught off guard. (laughs) Yeah, I thought maybe this was a hip new thing that I just wasn't aware of. What is up, my nerds? Welcome inside Pop Culture with Fanboy and Know-It-All. I'm Jake. I am Paul. Welcome back inside our crazy brains, where we lack subtlety and segues. (laughs) Not only do I not have a real segue, I can't even make them up. (laughs) Happy birthday to me. Oh, man. Happy birthday to me. It's early. It's, It's early. It's early. And uh, but we're we're here to talk. We are here to talk about fantasy worlds. Yes, fantasy. Is it your birthday? Realms. It's not my birthday. Oh my no, goodness! Not for several more months. Well, oh, sh- um, I was just you know that's it's my sardonic way of, you know, did I use that right? I have, uh, I didn't finish the statement, so you don't even know if I used it. Right. <laughs> I'll just leave it there. It's my sardonic, it's my sardonic way, of, way. Yeah, sardonic <clears throat> way. I actually never use sardonic in a sentence. You've never used it in a sentence? No, until just now. Until just now. Yeah. To say that you've never used it in a sentence. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Satirical? Yes. Grimly mocking. Yeah, it was grimly cynical. Yep. So sardonic was was what I was going for. Grimly cynical. Yeah. That actually sort of describes me. Yeah, so sardonic was the word I was going for. Yeah. Being grimly sardonic about how things not going my way. Squidward is sardonic. He's the definition Uh of sardonic. Right. Got it. You got it. Squidward. Uh, speaking of Squidward, <laughs> that see that is a good segue. And Bikini Bottom. And Bikini Bottom. Bikini Bottom is a fantasy world. Very true. There is no place on this green earth created by the good Lord that has a pl- where sponges walk around and talk to underwater squirrels and squids and sea stars and play volleyball and work at the. Ru- the the um the crusty crab the crusty crab I almost said the crusty chum bucket but that's the the chum bucket the chum the bucket is the rival right, the rival competing restaurant yes um but I mean uh, Paul what what you came up with this rank geeks topic so what inspired your geekery on top fantasy worlds well as as some of you may know there's a little show on HBO called Game of Thrones that I hope, is, is I hope coming none of you know that. <laughs> You know, it's amazing, actually, how many people. This is this is the closest people, thing. A lot of people watch it. A lot of people watch it. A lot of people have read the books. People are aware of it, at least. I mean, I think even I've people who've it. never watched it. I mean, you already know what it's about, it, right? I do. 
It's about well, killing. It's yeah, about it's about it's a it's about dragons. A place where people die and there's dragons. There's a big wall. There's other stuff that happens mostly. Yeah. sex. it could be actually a metaphor now that I think about it about our political climate. Who knows? Uh, so it was prescient. Prescient, exactly. Sardonically prescient. So you were gonna say you think the show is yeah. one of the last? Or it is the it is the last season. Thank you for getting me back uh-huh. on track, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> it is the last half of the last season. So we're coming to a conclusion we are for the bottom of the bucket. <laughs> Game of Thrones, the Chum Bucket. Game of Thrones is coming to an end, and because it's such a big deal, we thought, well, maybe it's time to revisit some of the fantasy worlds that we're familiar with. You know, is is the land of Westeros? One of the greatest fantasy worlds of all time. And what makes it so? So we're going to talk Spoiler a little bit about alert, that. It's not on my list because I've never seen or read it. So you've never seen or read it. So I got to nope. say, I've, I've, I, because I review TV, I've seen it more than I probably should have. And it is – and I've read the first five books. I, I have to admit, I read the first five books because it is a pretty compelling story. But – Man, oh man, everybody dies. Everybody that I like dies. So I might like the books then. Because that's what I liked about, that's actually what I like about the Jurassic Park book versus the Jurassic Park movie. Is, <laughs> is that everybody dies? everyone. Yeah, that's true. And then I watched. Jeff Goldblum would never have made Jurassic Park 2. Right. I actually watched the movie first and then later found the book. And I was like, oh, this would have been such a better movie. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is, the, one of the reasons why I read the books is because, you know, the sexuality in, in HBO's Game of Thrones is ridiculous. Ridiculous. It would be really embarrassing to Exploitive, actually. Exploitive, gratuitous. Absolutely. All of the above. I mean, it's completely unnecessary and it's really grimy and it's terrible. But in the books, you're sort of distanced. You you put your a little bit of remove between you and that content, and there's just not as much content in that way He's in not the like books. Describing it, maybe you sometimes know what happens right. Sometimes, oh, sometimes he does. Yeah, I mean, it's these are adult books, and but I think that that the thing that strikes me about the books, as we get off topic yet again, <laughs> is um, they are grim. They are very grim, and, and it shows you uh, a really depressing reality. And you kind of get a sense of what it must have been like back in the medieval days when people were killing each other for no real good reason except for they could, and killing each other in terrible, terrible ways. So it got really heavy. And by the fifth book, I said, you know what? I never need to check in with this again because it was just so depressing. It was a good story, well written, but so depressing. I just at yeah. some point you're, you you it's not surprising anymore. It's just yeah, kind of status quo. And it's like, well, why am I still here? Why am I still subject? Why am I still yeah? Why have no I no happy ending coming? Why have I pushed myself through forty five hundred pages no. of blah? Yeah. You know, but it is a really effective fantasy world and it, it is sharply realized. And so we sort of wanted to take a look at some of these fantasy worlds and see what what really qualifies as, as an excellent fantasy world that pulls you into a different place and time and stuff. There you go. I'm excited to see. <laughs> I think Paul's and, Paul and I's list uh, are going to be very different. <laughs> um, 
So do you want to start off, Jake? Just I'm always well, starting we gotta, off. Well, we got to let them know what else we're doing today. Oh. Uh, like, because yeah, 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 yeah. we have a new It's thing. early. Give so me. This is Paul's show. Paul came, up, <laughs> Paul came up with the Rent Geeks episode, with the Rent Geeks topic, and he's like, I've got a new idea. We've never talked about it before, and I'm just going to ask you a bunch of questions. You have to respond on the spot, and then I'm going to criticize you. And I was like, all right, yeah, and let's that's do it. it. Let's do it. That was literally the pitch. Um, and I was like, all right, it's a pop culture ambush. I take pop it. Pop culture ambush. Bop, bop. I'm just working on the jingle real quick. No, I think that was good. Because Paul, nice. Paul comes up with the ideas, but he's terrible at coming up with titles. Yeah. Crazy, crazy, so right? So I'm trying to come up with stuff on the fly. Um, so we're gonna do, we're gonna start <laughs> off with Rank Geeks, and then we're gonna get to the pop culture ambush. Pop culture ambush. Oh. I'll get there. Yeah. I'll get okay. There. Yeah. And of course, as always, we'll wrap up with the most least important thing. But let's just let's just talk about the places you'd rather maybe live instead of reality. Here we are in Rank Geeks, two smelly nerds putting things in numerical I'm order. I'm not smelly. I'm fine. I took a shower this morning. That's why he, he, he – but did you really wash up well? Because you well, also made coffee this morning, but you forgot to put goodness coffee gracious, in the coffee Goodness gracious. This has been you, – you just never know. It's so, it's very possible that I just ran the water on me and thought that I – Or yeah. that you just got in the shower, stood there for a while, and then exited – Thinking that you had turned on the water it's been, and cleaned yourself. It's so. been a bad morning. So, so before we started the podcast, I spent 10 minutes looking for did. my coffee. You walked across – you walked a good quarter of a mile, right? I did. Looking for my coffee yeah. because I needed my coffee for this for this podcast and I couldn't find it anywhere. And then – Yeah. It was – it was On a bookshelf. Yeah. All along. All right. Here we are. Ranking things. This time it's top fantasy worlds. We're putting them in our numerical order to say. Uh, I mean, but I'll just say um, I, I ranked mine as fantasy worlds. I would actually enjoy to live in. Oh, really? <laughs> That's how I ranked my wow. top fantasy worlds. So no Mad Max, I'm guessing. Uh, no. Mad Max Fury Road off the table. I do gotcha. not want to live there. So I'm going to take some of the suspense out of my list. And actually, I'm going to add some suspense to my list by saying. Middle Earth's not on my list. Woo! That's crazy. Middle Earth is How not on my list. How could you not want list. to live in Middle Earth? I only want to live in one I because when I thought about it as I was making my list and I looked at I was just considering all these different fantasy places I would like to live. Middle Earth is off the table for me because there's only one place in Middle Earth I'd actually want to live and that's the Shire. What about Rivendell? Uh, Rivendell is great. Really, what Rivendell about? sounds a little, I don't know, it sounds a little like uppity <laughs> to me, you know, like with all these yeah. elves and they just think they're perfect and it's like everything's Aspen. all, yeah. you know, yeah. fine and, and and everybody's so fake. All the elves, they just come across real fake to me. <laughs> I, don't know, I just don't feel like you could be real with the elves, right? You don't feel like you could be real with the elves. Yeah, and then like the, the dwarves, you could be real with the dwarves. But they're all living underground you know, you in grimy be, caves, and yeah. it's cold and dank. And ugh. oh no, they have nice warm caves. Have you not listened to Gimli? He talks I've listened, off and on. He does talk, but I also believe he's got some, um, you know, bias. 
Well, yes. He talks about how nice and warm his caves are, but I've seen the caves. You have not seen the caves. You've not seen, seen Gimli's caves. I've seen I've seen the ones that where his cousins lived, and no. he, that would have been included in this. We dwarves have great caves, and then they go to Moria, and those caves suck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, we'll we'll talk more about that. So later to say, on. I just wanted to, you know. So now it's like, okay, if he doesn't have Middle Earth on his list. What else is there to put on there? What else is there? Because there's yeah, some, so I no Westeros, no Middle Earth for you, right? I believe there's so. There's two gone, two gone off the table, and I believe there's a lot of people right now that are like, "What's even left?" Yeah, aren't aren't, aren't those the only two? We're just going to talk about Jake's fantasy worlds that he makes up in his head. Yeah, that's entirely possible. Um, Paul, what's number five for you? <laughs> number five for me is the planet of Thra. 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 Yeah, I didn't even know this, but apparently that was the uh, planet on which the Dark Crystal took place. The Dark Crystal. Yeah. Have you seen the Dark I've Crystal? Oh, Dark my Crystal. goodness. When are we starting up our Backlist Hall of Shame? We, I mean, whatever we want. That's on it. That is <laughs> that is definitely on it. Everybody needs to see the Dark Crystal. You it's think was, everybody needs to see uh, the Dark everybody Crystal. Everybody does. It's not like everybody talks no. about needing to see everybody the Dark Crystal. Everybody needs to see the Dark Crystal. This was... That's because nobody has seen the Dark no, Crystal. Every, so, yes, everybody, everybody needs everybody to see has it. Seen, <laughs> no, everybody needs to see it, and most people have. It is, it is Jim Henson's. Uh-huh. Uh, it was the very first thing that Jim Henson did. At, you know, when he wasn't doing the, the Muppet Show, when he wasn't doing Sesame Street, he thought, I want to do something really creative. And so he did this movie called The Dark Crystal. Um, and it takes place on the planet of Thra. Thra. And it involves these ancient ones and these awful creatures called the Skeksis. And it involves these elf-type creatures who you might not feel very close to because, you know, they're uppity. Right. But they're called Gelflings. And they just sort of, they're wandering around trying to heal what they call this dark crystal with a shard. And so they... They go on a quest, and it's a really cool world full of all these cool creatures and, well, cool creatures, and 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 strange <laughs> plants, and it's really nifty. And it's skexy. Oh, man, you would love the Dark Crystal. Oh, you would love it. It, it sounds like mm. he just took, like, regular words, and he just added an extra letter <laughs> into them, like... Like these are sexy, but I'm gonna like I can't say sexy, so skexy. Skexy. These are elflings, but I can't say elflings, so I'll say gelfling. <laughs> these are dwarves, but I'm gonna say dwarvids. Dwarvids. No, there are no dwarvids. There are some giant cockroaches though, which are super cool. What do they, what do they call them? Scrockroaches. Scrockroaches. <laughs> no, I don't know. They just sort of wander around. They just sort Cork of cockroaches. They they just sort of rattle their little things and oh, like they're hissing cockroaches, kind of. No, they're clicking cockroaches. Clicking cockroaches. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. It's really great. Number five. For, that sounds like a terrible place to go. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> I I chose my Your top fantasy, fantasy worlds. worlds based on not based on whether I'd like to live there or not. Because how much that's you like to watch and view but that you don't want to live there. How much they sort of suck you into the story. How gotcha. much of the world is creative and new and interesting. All right. Well, then you're gonna hate number five on my list. <laughs> <laughs> number five on my list is Riverdale. Not from the TV show Riverdale, but from the original Archie comics, 
Riverdale. It's a fictional town, doesn't exist, so it's a fantasy. <laughs> it's a fantasy world, and oh, it is Jake. boy, oh boy, is it? A, can you go with me here, though? It right, is a fantasy right. world. Well, right? yes, like it's it is when you think of baseball and apple pie and white picket fences. I mean, when I hear this, which isn't the words, show, that's for sure. I th- yeah, no, not the TV show. Throw that out. This is the original comics. Um, like I think Riverdale. It's so bright and colorful. It's always sunny in Riverdale. The malt shop Not is always open. The malt, oh, Pops Malt Shop. I tell you what, like a burger there with Jughead and a milkshake just sounds just about like the perfect thing, right? And boy, there's so many problems. Like when you go back to read Archie comics and you see kind of how like chauvinistic it was and it, the whole Betty Veronica pro- thing. Yeah, the Betty yeah. Veronica. Like every girl in town wants Archie, you know, and it's very. And why? Because he has this little crosshatch thing on his head. He's got head. the crosshatch hair. And, I don't quite get it. You know, uh, it's it's really quite the odd comic. And uh, in many ways, it doesn't necessarily hold up. But the town always seemed bright and sunny. And there was stuff to do, but it was also quiet. And you had the, the you know, pop soda shop that you could head off to. And. Man, I read a lot of Archie growing up. Like my grandparents had these comics all over their house, and man, Riverdale was a place I just wanted to go and hang out. It just seemed like I thought high school was going to be like Riverdale. <laughs> Such, it a was not. <laughs> Such a disappointment. Such a disappointment for you. Riverdale doesn't magically so, appear when you go to high school. So the only <laughs> the only Archie comics I'm really familiar with are are the Christian comics that came out for a long time. The Christian comics? Yeah, they had Archie Christian comics, and they were very, very, very Christian. Were they by the same company? Yes, they, they were. Like, they sort of licensed graphic that. It was very strange. Like, I think, I don't exactly know how it worked, but I've talked before how comics were sort of off limits. And so I could I could read, like, some of the more innocuous ones, like like Uncle Scrooge was a big part of my childhood, sure. all those Huey, Dewey, Lewick. DuckTales. Uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, that whatever was, it was Before called. that, before that. Right, but, but I'm, that's how, you know. But Archie comics were big, and they were Christian, and so I got a lot of them in my house. And I, I do remember thinking... They didn't spend a lot of time in Riverdale. I wonder whether Riverdale was just too much of a cesspit of sin and depravity. Yeah, they just a, had to completely remove them for the Christian, the Christian version. <laughs> yeah, I never, I never remember being really struck by Riverdale. I do remember the most memorable one was when they went through like a safari thing and they were attacked by lions, mm. and there was uh, a tie to Daniel. What? <laughs> I'm thinking or so. Samson, there, well, maybe? There, I can't really remember. All I remember the is the lions attacked. Act, and there was some sort of message about tithing, like giving 10%. Oh. <laughs> it, was a very, it was a very strange comment. That's, That's all why I, you always give 10%. It's like an arrested development. Because otherwise, you'll be attacked <laughs> oh by lions. Word. All right. I have never seen, I don't think I've ever seen the. Oh, Christian you need RT. to. Oh. And that yeah. sounds like a unique gem. It is a unique gem. All right. Number four on your list. Number four on my list The Bathhouse in Spirited Away. Oh, the bathhouse in Spirited Away. Correct. Well, because I have no idea what the land is called. So sure. sort of you've got this yeah. bathhouse, and that's pretty much where all the action takes place. Sure. This is an anime or classic anime story. Um, One of the more by, accessible to Western audiences. It really is. And, and it, it actually won an Oscar, I think, for Best Animated Picture. Um, and for me, the bathhouse, the thing about anime for me is that 
the images are always just so incredibly striking, you know. And I think that that the when you look at Spirited Away and you look at that bathhouse, the images were just so powerful that they just sort of glom onto your brain and never let go. You know, you have this. Have you seen it? I have seen it. So you have this creature who goes in, sort of this ghostly creature with a face, and it goes in and then it just starts eating and eating and becomes this horrific monster until, you know, something happens and they get it to... It's it's actually sort of a bulimic type of storyline in Mm. some ways. And gluttony. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah, but this thing has to throw up all the time. And then you've got the weird witch-type old ladies. Right. Those old ladies just creeped me out seriously. The long noses and the huge faces. It's, a very, it's got a very creepy vibe to it, even though it's Which not I particularly like. scary. It's very... It's unsettling. Creepy. Yeah, it's unsettling. Yeah, it's unnerving yeah, it's, it's, in its own way. It's funny and light and terrifying and creepy. You know, it's all at the same time. Enough, yeah, that just kind of cuts the base out from underneath you, and you're just trying to figure it out the rest of the time. Yeah, no, and, and, and you and will Paul probably. Is, yeah, I do like unsettling it, fantasy that's worlds. What we're, that's what we're. <laughs> we're learning something about our deep inner psychology. Yeah. At this point, or the audience is. I'm not learning anything. The audience is learning. A yeah, lot you know all this about me. Yeah, I think my favorite creature in Spirited Away was probably the uh, the furnace, the boiler keeper, mm. or whatever, the spider guy. Okay. Oh, so cool. I don't remember it very well, but it's been a while. It's been mm. a while since I've seen it. All right, number four for me, Pawnee, Indiana. Oh! <laughs> These are the most boring fantasy worlds of all time. What is wrong with Pawnee you? Seems great. <laughs> Pawnee seems great, like in all of its terribleness. Did you not get the concept of this? It's a fantasy world. <laughs> it is a fantasy world. It's not real. Pawnee, Indiana is not a real place. For those of you who have Google searched it, you know that. <laughs> um, but I wonder if someone else Googled this in this Pawnee room. is the more realistic. Like, and so why both of these ended up on my list. And I was laughing as I made this because there's plenty of more you know, traditional fantasy well, worlds we'll see. out there. Um, but why these two made my, like Riverdale before it is like Pawnee is the slightly more realistic uh <laughs> Riverdale, and that every it's always sunny. Can you think of an episode like it's almost always sunny in Pawnee as well as Riverdale? And there's something that about is true. the sun. You know, I love sunshine, and so to uh, to to live in a world where you just have all these goofy, larger than life characters, and even if you've got problems like trash in the river or possums, you know, or doing, pits or pits doing things like that like they all happen in this kind of goofball setting and the stakes never feel that high and there's something about you know the quiet little town where even in the drama the stakes are never that high that is weirdly relaxing and you know part of this speaks to the time in my life that I was watching this I think I've talked about it before where it was a busy time I didn't have a lot of you know, time to do stuff. And I was trying to make sure there was food on the table for my wife and kids and go to school and all this stuff and all the problems and, and figure out the messy world around me. And Pawnee always just seemed like a breath of you were coming less home. than fresh air, yeah. but fresher air. And so anyways, Pawnee, Indiana, I'd, I'd spend some time there. <laughs> well, I do have to say. And they got Ponchburger. I mean, <laughs> For all the crap that Ponchburger gets in that show, like, I would eat at Ponchburger. It looks like a great burger. So I got to say, and I don't know whether it was based on your recommendation or not, but 
my wife and I are now going through, you know, all the episodes of Park and Rec are on Netflix. And yeah. so that's what we tend to watch in the evenings because I don't need a lot of harsh drama when I come home. It's nice right. to just come down, watch an episode of of Parks and Rec, just relax. It makes you laugh. It is a really delightful small town, you know? I I I get what you're saying. It's a nice place. Not exactly what I would consider a fantasy world, but that's all right. <laughs> it's all right. It's only it's my fantasy, Paul, and you can't. Live. That's right. <laughs> What's number three for you? Number three for me, the land of ooh. ooh. The land of ooh, huh? The land of what, ooh. What's the land of ooh? This is the land from Adventure Time. Oh, okay. I've never actually seen Adventure Time. I've Adventure seen a lot Time. Of commercials, so. Adventure Time is one of the most creative cartoons that has been made probably within the last 10, 20 years. Um, it actually, it, it's, and this will speak to my dark, the dark thread that runs through my soul. Jake is coming up with all these nice positive places to live. I, The Land of Ooh, although it seems very innocent on the surface, is actually a dystopian wasteland. Right. You know, this happens after, after a huge nuclear cataclysm or whatnot and uh there's there all these creatures are basically a product of it and you have you have vampires and you have talking um little computer things and you have finn and jake of course wandering around doing their thing you have tree trunks the really tiny elephant that wanders around it's it's a delightfully fully fleshed out world in in a lot of ways it gets pretty complex actually it's it's a very light show that you can watch just one episode at a time but um it takes you in some interesting directions i mean some thought was put into this Mm. i think my favorite character is actually the ice king the frost king yeah ah he is what makes it what makes him your favorite he is he is a big old jerk he uh he reminds me little of myself sometimes oh. no he um he actually for a lot of the a lot of the first few seasons he was obsessed with princesses and so he would constantly there the whole land of Ooh is populated with princesses there's princess cupcakes there's princesses that do all these there there's princesses for everything right and so if everybody gets to be a princess, then is anyone a princess? Well, not everybody gets to be a princess, but there are a lot of princesses. And and so the uh, the Frost King, the Ice King, see, I know I have to look it up because <laughs> I haven't seen it. So, But but Sorry. he kidnaps these princesses all the time, and so it's always up to Finn and Jake to rescue them. And he has these terrible, terrible penguins that they are the worst people in Ooh. These penguins, they constantly are wanting to kill everything how and you, everybody. How do you spell Ooh? Ooh, four O's. Four O's? Yes. No H? That is correct. All right, I'm just keeping track of for my psychology, psychological assessment of you. Ice King. Ice King. The Ice King. Yes. But he has a really sad backstory, too. So he, he becomes a very sympathetic character, and I really like the Ice King. So that's it. That's number, number three on my three list. On your list. Land of Ooh. You would not want to live there, Jake. Number three on my list... Uh, Finally starts to get a little darker, but at the same time, completely underscores <laughs> and continues the trend of my list. Uh, number three for me is The Matrix. The Matrix. The Matrix. And uh, it's because... Why would you want to live there? Because, and here you go, once you... Re- uh, Cypher 
Do you guys remember Cypher from The Matrix? Mild spoiler. Who's Cypher? No, I don't remember. Cypher was a Joe Pantoliano gotcha. character. The Judas Iscariot, if you will, mm. of The Matrix. And uh, you know what? Cypher had it right. You know, as far as the Matrix universe goes, who wants to live where, like in this dystopian post-apocalyptic setting when the computer's giving you all you want inside the Matrix? And you can have whatever you want. You can have a steak and you can have wine. And who cares? That it's, you, as long as you think it's real, it's real, right? Perception is reality. When we're talking about fantasy worlds, at least. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and so I get I get that it's a metaphor and I get that, you know, they're make it there. It's basically a, a giant fable that's trying to teach us about life and being connected to AI and all the <laughs> Cypher had it right. All right. He knew he could live the good life and be fine. Like, why eat? They were eating boogers on their spaceship outside of the Matrix. Like, just who live needs reality inside the Matrix, who needs where you it? can do what you can. You can bend time and bullets. You can eat whatever you want. You can make stuff appear. You can learn anything you want. Like, just live See, in the Matrix. Everything's so, fine in the Matrix. I feel like this is sort of a therapy session for you, Jake. I mean, I'm noticing a little thread of escapism. Do you uh, think have you noticed that? <laughs> Has that come through? I thought it was more subtle. I'm talking about the top fantasy worlds for a reason. I don't want to talk about all these depressing places. They're not the best fantasy worlds. The best fantasy worlds are the ones you can run away to. Nobody wants to run away to Thra. Oh, my goodness. Number two on my list. Number two. This is not going to make yours. I know that much. Pan's Labyrinth. Ah. I, that's, I, that is on my back list. What, it, the labyrinth is the world? I'm is guessing so. You don't yeah. know what it's called? Yeah, I don't know what it's called. It's, it's essentially this land underneath this tree that this little girl crawls under, um, and she meets these, these weird, weird, weird creatures. And I think that I was so compelled by it. <laughs> it was some crazy messed up things down there. You have gigantic frogs. You have these creatures that have eyeballs in the middle of their palms. And then, yeah, it is it is a very creepy world. I would definitely not want to live there. But visit it in a movie, and is it a fully realized world? Yes. Not a place that you escape, actually. It's not colorful. Well, it is sort of colorful. Colorful in its, maybe its creature designs, but not particularly, yeah, it's, like, pretty. It's grim. Yeah. It is a grim place. Ironically, it is the opposite of your version of escapism because you could read the whole story as sort of this metaphor for this girl going through these, you know, fascist Spain is sort of coming on her her family and all this kind of stuff. And so she's sort of dealing with the harshness of her own reality through this uh, fantasy world, potentially, um, which is what, you know, maybe fantasy worlds can do that for you as opposed to just being places of pure escapism not you know not criticizing your list or anything jake but i'll just throw that out there hey i have my fantasies you have yours (laughs) number two for you number two for me is hyrule the kingdom of hyrule hyrule the legend of zelda oh you are so obsessed with this game well, okay, number one, Hyrule is in more than just Breath of the Wild, but the one I want to live in is the one in Breath of the Wild, <laughs> so yeah, sure. Um, nah, man, just, I tell you what, it is so serene, 
and it has all the except when the lionels attack you oh, well i yeah, i'm so op at this point that the lionels um, and i also discovered actually fun fact while playing through the dlc the trial of the master sword where like you go into the and they strip you of everything and you're you're just running around basically in your boxers and you've got to yeah. scavenge tree branches and whatever as you go and yeah fight well as you get to the like there's multiple levels there's the beginning there's the middle there's the final trials and the final trials it starts to get you know they introduce lionels and you've got a few ancient arrows that they've given you and i thought i was going to need to save these ancient arrows for some guardians right the robot right yeah 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 um but i get dropped into this level and all of a sudden there's this big lionel and i'm like well these are harder than guardians to fight and so I whip out an ancient arrow, point it at him, shoot it at him, and poof, he disappears. What? It's like a one-shot kill. No way. With the ancient arrow. Lionels? Lionels. This is getting way too geeky. Right? Anyone, anyone, Anyways, Hyrule. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what I like about Hyrule is it's a very serene, especially in the Breath of the Wild context, it's a very serene place, even in spite of the fact that all you know, You're Calamity Ganon is yeah. this evil entity that wants. He's just jealous. He wants to move in. Really, it's he's misunderstood. Is that what he it just is? wanted to rent a place? And they were freaked out by, you know, his look. They were judging him. They, they were, were judging, judging him? him. And so he's like, "Fine, you guys are jerks. I'm going to take the castle." And then they're like, "Screw you. We're going to murder you." <laughs> and that's the plot property rights for breath of the wild property rights that's, you know so you know you got to protect those property rights yeah. someone's castle you just can't let you know calamity ganons just squat there but you know they had they had discriminated against them so oh my <laughs> anyways uh, but it's it's so serene you have these beautiful luscious green fields and f- these rich green in yellow forests and but then you have snowy regions where you can go trekking up into the mountains and the snow falls and it's quiet and hey if you want go visit the volcano region for a little while (laughs) or the desert region or you know wherever like there's just so many cool locations and they're all within a walking running distance of each other yeah flying distance transporting distance, distance teleporting distance and uh you know everybody outside of Ganon and these monsters gets along. So Hyrule, <laughs> it's just a great... I've spent a lot of time in Hyrule. We'll just, you, we'll just say that. We'll just, Too much time. We More time than that. I've spent in any other game ever. <laughs> well, I'm playing through Breath of the Wild now, yeah. right? So I, I kind of understand what you're saying. Right now I'm in sort of that lush... Like I take it section by section in, in the game. Sure you have the maps sort of reveal themselves and so you kind of like to explore those areas right. first. I'm in this really tropical lush right. place right now that has in the palm south, trees. Southeast corner. Yeah, waterfalls, lush, green. You do have to kill things all the time, of course, because it's a video game, but it really is a nice place. And it's the first time maybe ever that I've had a real urge to go to Hawaii, honestly, because mm. because of this stupid video <laughs> game, I think, oh, this looks so nice. You've got the beaches, you've got the fish, you got See? the palm trees. I'd go Hawaii. Yeah, I would like to go to a place that looks like that in so real life. So did you make life. it to like the little beach town? I did make it to the yeah, little beach it's town. Nice. Yes, it's, it's in a little cove. You've got the little huts. I think right. the huts oh, look great. So nice. I wish we could so live nice. in huts. 
right? In Colorado, that's not really an option. Not not very plausible, but in Hyrule. In Hyrule, you can do whatever you want. The only problem is, is you need to wear, <laughs> you need to change your outfit like every five minutes because you're always doing something else. Oh, climbing a cliff, need to change into my climbing gear. Wouldn't that be nice though to live in a world where when you just changed your outfit, you were all of a sudden better <laughs> at doing things? <laughs> Yeah, I always thought, I was always really disappointed that when I got my first pair of real tennis shoes, I wasn't super fast. <laughs> You're like, this pair of Jordans. I'm it just doesn't work. For sure. It doesn't work. It's faulty. All right, number one for you, Paul. Guess. Just guess. Well, based on your reaction earlier, I'm going to guess it's Middle Earth. You got that right. Middle Earth. You know, and it, this was a really tough choice, actually. Yeah. It, 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 I was debating whether to not even have it on my list like you, you know, because all these other worlds, they're, the thing that appeals to me about them is that they're unfamiliar worlds. You're pulled into a place that's totally unfamiliar. Some and mystery there. Exactly. In Middle Earth, it is very familiar because every single fantasy story, like a lot of them, uh, are based on sort of this basic template that, that J.R.R. Tolkien. Yeah, made. I mean, who else fleshed out? A fantasy world the way Tolkien did. Right, exactly. Very few, if any. Exactly. And it he created is, languages. He created languages. He's kind of, he's, kind of, he's probably kind of weird to be around. Right? I think he would be actually a real pain to talk with. <laughs> I mean, honestly, great creator, but I think talking with him just might be a little bit odd. But the world is great, right? right. And and I kind of decided to, to throw it up at number one because it – even though it's familiar to me now, it wasn't at the time, and it captured my imagination so much that it's still what I think of when I think of a fantasy world. I think of the world of Middle Earth, and I think that that in and of itself uh, makes it a worthy inclusion on anybody's list, and it's a really great place to live. Really great place to live. Why would you not want to live there? You've I, got like I said, the Shire. Got I'd live in the Shire. Minas Tirith. Or minus Tyrith, or whatever you say. You've got those the gleaming walls. It would be a great place to go visit. I do. I say like it's a great fantasy world. I I mean I dig it. Like it's honorable mention for me because like there's no way it could fit on. It could be the entire list because each of the different areas of Middle Earth could be considered. You know, Rivendell is so different from Minas Tirith. Is so different from the Shire. Is so different from. You know, wherever else you want to go. And so it's like it, and you could make a top five list just out of the different areas of Middle Earth yeah. that Tolkien created. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I think you could. With all the lore that he created, you could easily, easily, you know, have plenty to talk about for a long time just inside Middle Earth. So, And let me tell you something else. Comprehensive. I would live in the mines of Moria. I think they're beautiful. They're great. Have you not seen those movies? I have seen those movies. They're not beautiful. They are gorgeous. You've got those towering, you know, you've got those big old cavernous rooms with the pillars. You've got the, well. You can just imagine what it used to be. Is that what you're saying? It's, well, and even the tunnels, I think, are kind of cool. Because I'm a I'm a dark soul. And so to have all those tunnels there, so much storage. (laughs) You could have storage for everything in your house. You would not have to rent. Are you rent. like a borderline hoarder? What's going on here? It's my stupid Legos. They're taking over our house. Uh, 
All right, number one on your list. Number one for me. It's going to be... I was actually surprised this didn't show up on your list, but now that I've heard your whole list, I get why it didn't. Okay. Number one for me is The World of Narnia. Uh, yeah. You know, created gotcha. by C.S. Lewis gotcha. for the Chronicles of Narnia. Um, just, there's so much richness in these lands. And, of course, there's not nearly the amount of lore to the Chronicles of Narnia that Tolkien created for Middle-earth. So we don't know as much about it, but we know it's old and we know it's rich. And we saw it created. Um, We saw it come to be in the series. And we saw them explore the high seas. And we saw them explore the forests and the fields. And um, there is just a sense of adventure without a sense. uh, One of the things I think... Um, that C.S. Lewis managed to do in these books that I think is fascinating is create a sense of danger without ever feeling hopeless, without ever feeling like the the world was in jeopardy, but it wasn't. Like mm-hmm. it was Narnia was bigger than all of the darkness that came against it, and I think that is why and and why it transcends the top of my list. The others were nice bubblegum fluff, but Narnia. You know, there was realism, there was evil, there was darkness that tried to overtake it, and maybe sometimes did for a time, but the darkness never triumphed over the light, never overcame the light, and and it constantly fights it back and ultimately overcomes. And yeah, there's and and then for me, for me, that's that's the hope I look for. To Jesus, juke this whole thing (laughs) is a great realization of that ultimate hope that I think. You know, Tolkien wanted to instill into this thing that say, yes, the world is dark and there's evil in it and there's pain in it and there things come against you. But ultimately, this hope is infectious. This hope is adventurous. This hope is untamable, and it is good. Oh, that was a nice little statement there. So there you go. Yeah, the I find Narnia made. kind of boring. Oh, no, 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 no. What? <laughs> no, the voyage of the, the Don Treader. No, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. No, it, it and I say that <laughs> half tongue in cheek. I think Narnia. I love Narnia. Yeah. Love Narnia. Love the Chronicles of Narnia. In some ways, one of the things that I think C.S. Lewis did was he wrote about. He made the worlds familiar. You know, and I think that when you talk about Narnia, like the core of Narnia, the actual country of Narnia, it feels pretty familiar. And I think because of that, it doesn't have the richness of some of these other places. The the places actually that I find most compelling, and this again speaks to the darkness in my soul, the places I find most compelling in, in C.S. Lewis's world are are the ones sort of around Narnia, off Narnia, like Ettensmore, I think, is where like the, the giants live. Mm-hmm really creepy fascinating place um i loved him the magician's nephew the world between the world the wood between the worlds thought that was one oh, of the, the most between the worlds is great it is one of the most creative lands that i've ever heard of ever and and i sometimes even when i think about well lots of stuff i that that image comes to mind charn i think would be a fascinating place to to visit which is where the white witch eventually comes from and yes the voyage of the dawn trader who those those islands are so wicked cool those are really neat so i it, it's it's a fine selection it's way better than rivendell i'll just say that much <laughs> uh so there you go. Our top fantasy worlds. What are yours? Are you escapist? Are you a dark brooding soul like the Dark Knight here? Harry Potter didn't make either of our lists. It didn't because it's 
I get it. It is a fantasy world. I get it. It's just not a particular. I know there are people that find it compelling. To me, it just wasn't. Mm. Um, because half of it takes place in our world. And it's like, well, yeah. I already know that, so that's yeah. fine. And then the 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 you don't. Re- I don't feel like you truly ever explore the the fantasy parts of the fantasy world. There's fantasy things in this setting, but really, like, where's the exploration of what? Yeah. What else is in this fantasy world? There's very little. You of just that. have hints of it, which right. which I think is really effective in the books and in the movies. But right. you don't it works, get, but you don't fall into the world as yeah. much. So I, I can see at best Hogwarts and the, the you know the nearby town making someone's list. But but tell us what did, am, am I crazy? Did we really miss this? What would you what what what's on your list? Let us know. I'm at Jake underscore Roberson. I'm at AC Paul on the Twitter. But now it's time for Pop Culture Ambush. Pop, pop. Pop Culture Ambush. I'm just going to keep going with it. I'm going to find it eventually. Um, and it's gonna, or, it's, or it I sounds won't, good to me. Or I won't, and I'll just beat it to death a la Family Guy. Yeah. And it hopefully will be funny. So you will uh, – yeah, this this section – are we starting? Yeah. Like, Have we started? Are, we're, we're going. Okay. Unless right. you want to explain something. No, I, I don't really want to explain something. I think this will either be a section that you really like or really hate so, or maybe, maybe both. So can you at least give a little bit – like what, what's happening? Yeah, okay. What's happening so, in the pop culture ambush? So here's what is happening, Jake. We are going to be asking – I am going to be asking oh. – um, you 15 questions, okay. rapid fire questions. Rapid fire. You can't think about it. You can use any criteria. These are going to be either or questions. Okay. okay? One or the other. Exactly. So it's going to be sort of like the classic Ginger or Marianne type <laughs> thing, but not like that. Okay. Because that would be awkward and sexist. Yeah, and yeah that would be terrible. But you know, that's that's like the the classic. You know what you. So what are you going to pick? Is that the classic? What is it? It is that's because a, you always hear about. What that. about Coke or Pepsi? Well, that that is that is true. That's yeah. <laughs> I guess that would have been a more appropriate way to to segue into this. But essentially, this is what we're doing. So right. you can't think about it. Right. You just have to choose, and then we'll go through the entire list. Mm-hmm. And then when we're done, assuming we have time, we'll go back and we'll look at some of your choices, and we'll we'll decide how wrong you were. Right. You can you can so really we're just trying to get into my psychology in this it, That's exactly right. From fantasy worlds to the pop culture. This is all about Jake. This is all about trying to figure out what makes Jake tick. Paul gets to pick his own show and he picks the one to get to know me better. <laughs> for all the meanness, you know, for all the times you insult me, all the times you complain about getting up early, all the times you complain about how long we have to talk together. It's nice to know that you care. <laughs> All right. On with the ambush. All Are right. you ready? Hit me. I'm ready. Batman or Captain America? Captain America. Duke or North Carolina? North Carolina. Mozart or Beethoven? Uh, Beethoven. Farsight? No, I actually didn't. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll come back to that. Go, keep going. Farsight or Bloom County? Bloom County. C.S. Lewis or J.R.R. Tolkien? C.S. Lewis. Taylor Swift or Ariana Grande? Swift. H.G. Wells or Jules Verne? Verne. Hmm. Arrested Development or Parks and Rec? (sighs) Parks and Rec. Black Widow or Valkyrie? Valkyrie. 
Ooh, Brad Pitt or Childish Cambino? Whoa, whoa, <laughs> you're just blowing my mind right now. What's going on? Uh, bro, ooh, Brad Pitt. Mm, paper or plastic? Paper. HGTV or the cooking channel? Cooking channel. God's Not Dead or Paul, Apostle of Christ? I've never seen either. Uh, Still have to choose. <laughs> okay, I'll, I guess I get, just get to explain later. Um, God's Not Dead. Oh, okay. <laughs> Einstein or Newton? Uh, Einstein. Manos, Hands of Fate or Troll 2? Troll 2. And there you go. And th- there we go. That's it. I've, I've done been ambushed. I I felt legit ambushed by the Brad Pitt childish game. Oh, yeah. Legit ambushed. I knew that was going to be a tough one for that you. Was. All, All right, right. So, so we'll go break, back. Break me down. Okay, so Batman or Captain America? Uh, Why Captain America? I, uh, I think with the problem with that, especially in the, that format, is there's so many different Batmans, right? And so, but when I think, and I know there's, I know there are different Captain Americas, but there's only been comics and Chris Evans as true, right, 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 as Captain America. Yeah. And so my mind flashes to Chris Evans, and then like it's trying to land on a Batman, and I'm just like Captain America. Like I like Chris Evans as Captain America. You just you had a Batman overload. Essentially. It was a Batman overload because like when if you were to say the Dark Knight or Winter Soldier, then I say Dark Knight. So, you know, I think that's... 1960s Batman TV show. Yeah, and it's it's out the window. If you say Lego Batman, I think I'm back to Batman. So it it just depends on the Batman. And so in that quick moment, it's like, I'm going to go Captain America because there's one and I know it's a good choice. Where if I say Batman, you could hit me with a bad one and... And then I'm not. I'm gonna be regretting that choice. Yeah. So gotcha. So go. Duke, North Carolina. That's sort of self-explanatory. Yeah. I mean, I don't follow college basketball a ton, but I know we all hate Duke. <laughs> Except for Zion Williamson. We Except for Zion Williamson. Zion Williamson. Yeah. Oh, but like, he's Duke, so is, good. Duke is the Patriots and the Yankees. Well, of the they sort of are, scene, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's my understanding. I'm. I'm actually not a Duke loather. Right. I don't. I may them. be the I just only understand that there yeah. are most people do. Yeah, there are lots of people who you just mentioned Duke and they just start they throw up a little bit in their mouths. Right. So. All right, Mozart or Beethoven? Uh, honestly, here's you know we've talked about how music is my blind spot. I've heard both Mozart and Beethoven. I but I couldn't off the top of my head hear something and be like that's Mozart, that's Beethoven. So that one was tough for me just because I'm like I don't know. Yeah. So far side Bloom County. Uh, that one surprised me. Uh, that Bloom that County, you chose it? Bloom County just jumped out of my mouth. And afterwards, I was like, but I've read way more Farside. Um, but there's something there's something to Bloom County. There's something in its realism. And yet it's, goof, you know, it's over-the-top goofiness that yep. I'm, I'm attracted to in media in general. Yeah, so. Calvin and Hobbes would have beaten both of these choices, Absolutely. though, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. that's why I didn't throw Calvin and Hobbes right. on the list, because I knew that would be sort of a yeah. slam dunk. C.S. Lewis or J.R.R. Tolkien? I think we sort of just talked about it. Tolkien yeah. dove in and created, but I, I will expand on it a little bit. Tolkien created a very rich, deep world in Middle Earth, and I really like that. However, Tolkien is more 
diverse. He's more of a renaissance man. You know, he created Narnia, but then he created his sci-fi trilogy. And then he wrote these really profound books on faith and life. And um, anyways, I, so for me, it's Lewis. Yeah, you know, that would have been a really hard question for me, actually, because yeah. because I think that Tolkien had the, had the more... His fantasy world was more realized, but I think that C.S. Lewis, in, in the depth and breadth of what he did, I mean, I think that in terms of in terms of distilling aspects of Christianity, he really does an, an excellent job. And I think that, that Tolkien is more subtle with his Christianity and all that kind of stuff, and I appreciate that. But but Lewis speaks he speaks to me, you know. So okay, Taylor Swift, Ariana Grande. Yeah, that, that one, I mean, Taylor Swift, I just know more of her catalog because she's been around and that was, it was popular when I was in high school and it was popular when I was in college and she's popular now. So I've, I've heard more of her music. I'm not a big fan of either of these individuals, but I've heard a lot of Taylor Swift and, and there's still a few of her songs that take me back to high school and my first and only true love, my wife, um, and the songs that my wife would play for me on the guitar that were your covers of Taylor song, Swift songs. So your wife plays guitar and she, she plays Taylor Swift. Yeah. All of a sudden, that's really uh, that's really nice. Yeah. You married up. I did for sure. All right. So Taylor Swift has a nostalgic soft spot for me. Okay. All right. Well, that's fair enough. H.G. Wells, Jules Verne. Um, you know, I've not read a lot of either. So this was another one where. Um, both of these guys, I've, I'm familiar with some of their work. Um, Vern, Vern jumped out just because I was like, I think he's a little bit more fantastical he, from what I remember. Yeah. And I like that. Um, yeah. But this was sort of a blind guess for me because neither were – I didn't consume a lot of either of their work. That's interesting because you're such an avid reader. I was right. thinking that you might be fairly yeah. familiar with both of these dudes. I am in my, my general know-it-all sense. Gotcha. But I know just enough to be ignorant. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, th- this was a tough choice. I think uh, I think H. D. Wells for me is the better writer. Yeah. Um, but Jules it, Verne is more fantastical, I think. Because I'm trying to remember the Wells one that I read. What's his famous one? So he did the Invisible Man. He did oh, War right. of the Worlds. Yeah. So he's done. A I read Invig- Invisible Time Man. Machine. He's done. And, and Time Machine. Yeah, he's done a lot of really interesting things. And Jules Verne, he's the guy behind um, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, um, Journey to the Center of the Earth, Mysterious Island, Around the World in 80 Days. Ah, see, I really like Around the World in 80 Days. That's why I think that's probably the other reason I... Yeah, I think that that. Jules Verne, I think, is sort of an interesting dude because he, um, he is so geeky. I mean, he would be... He would... He would totally dig a podcast like this in a way because I think in, in, in a lot of ways when you read his books, he's so obsessed with the process of what is going on. It's not necessarily a realistic process, but he takes you through it all right. step by step. And and I think because of that, there's some geek bona fides there. There you go. Um, Arrested Development or Parks and Rec. This is tough because they're they're very different shows, but as we talked about, Parks and Rec just has a different soft spot for me personally and in my own viewing experience, and so I'll go with that. Like if I had to pick between the two, plus there's more of it to enjoy. Um, but man, the the and and Arrested Development didn't do as well in its rebirth. Right, it wasn't nearly as funny as those first couple of seasons, and so it becomes incomplete. Um, so, anyways, that's. 
Arrested Development, really like Arrested Development, but Parks and Rec edges it out. Yeah. Nice poll, by the way, on a recent tweet of yours. Yeah, which one? Uh, was it tweet or was it Facebook when you were talking about the uh, – your, oh, it was the, it was both Facebook and Twitter. Yeah, with yeah. the Ron Howard narrator. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was that was nice. Yeah, I need a Ron, like for that. I need a you know, I need a Ron Howard narrator in my life. It uh, was not. Fun. <laughs> it was not fine. Black Widow or Valkyrie? This was an interesting one for me. Why was it? This was surprising to me because okay. I thought that Valkyrie she's she's only been in what yeah. one real movie, right? Right. And Black Widow is just so cool in all the movies that we've seen. I would have, I would have, I, I would have picked Black Widow for this. All right. Well, and we already know you did on your, yeah. your list of yeah. female action heroes. Um, I'm not. Here's it's it's not terrible, and I don't mean this as any. I'm just. Scarlett Johansson, I'm not a, like a huge fan of Scarlett Johansson, and so that sort of, I'm not, it doesn't enhance the character to me at all. And they they played around it and making her interesting like once or twice and giving her some backstory, but otherwise she's real mysterious. And Valkyrie, I just thought Tessa Thompson's characterization had a lot more personality, and I enjoyed that. Tessa Thompson, I tell you what, she is an impressive actress. Yeah. She really is. There was swagger. She was good at the action. She was funny. I just I enjoyed the energy that she brought to that character, so that's why. Brad Pitt, childish Gambino. <laughs> this is the one that legitimately threw me for a loop. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure it was written all over my face. Hopefully, it came across in my voice. Um, all right, so this one was tough for me because it it fly like it sort of speaks to um, the C.S. Lewis Tolkien argument that I was making earlier, but I make a flip decision right on this because I tend to really like the Renaissance type of per- people who so can do everything who, who do everything really act well. sing rap yeah so like the, the other classic besides like coke or pepsi for me growing up was bill murray or steve martin like mm. if only if only one of these could exist which one would you pick and for me it was hands down steve martin even though i like bill murray because like bill murray does this one thing and he's good at it but steve martin you know the man writes plays and he plays the banjo and he acts and he writes books and he you know he just does all of this stuff and he does stand-up comedy he's just, and he does magic and he's so sharp and so for me it was always it's that renaissance man so childish gambino is one of the few remaining like renaissance personalities like celebrities out there and that he's done stand-up he's done music he's done tv he's done movies um but uh, that it's then it gets back to he's only been around for a little bit he has to have time and your man crush on brad pitt my man crush on brad pitt yeah yeah so that it threw me because brad pitt is very deep in the whole acting thing but he's very renaissance man in his acting abilities and so that (laughs) if if you like if i was a daniel day lewis fan it'd be tough and i have to say charles gambino because daniel day lewis just does the same thing over and over oh my goodness (laughs) i can't believe you went there paper or plastic oh because you know anti-greenhouse yeah gases yeah Uh, (laughs) there's something tangible about paper right and like there is something tangible about plastic too but it's doesn't have the richness that a paper does because you know paper comes from wood and i love the feeling of are you just making this up is this is this no legitimately i i'm a i'm a very tactile person and so you know, even you know the feeling of bark uh, or a branch. I'm very connected to those things. The feeling of grass underneath my feet. So paper, to me, I much prefer. Or yeah. plastic. 
So it's interesting because I would typically do what you would say because, you know, I, I'm a very tactile person. I like paper. I, I like to think of myself as being a little more environmentally sound, so yeah. we don't even use either of them when we go to the grocery store. We just bring we our own bags. It. Right. That's what we do. But, but I think this would be the first year where I would say maybe plastic over paper, yeah. only because sometimes those plastic bags, they come in really handy. They can be handy. You know, I was I had I was using stain like the wood stain mm-hmm. had a really smelly cloth. Threw it in a plastic bag. You can't do that with a paper bag. There you go. All right. Uh, God's not dead or Paul, apostle of Christ. <laughs> so this one was hard too. Okay. <laughs> I think I would probably enjoy the movie Paul the Apostle of Christ better as it is. However, I think I would get a lot of enjoyment out of making. Uh, laughing about oh gotcha so it was an ironic choice yeah it's an ironic choice in that I think I would kind of enjoy it the same way we enjoy films on Hurt So Good right where you just kind of laugh about how goofy it is in places and I haven't seen it so maybe it wouldn't work for Mm -hmm. that and maybe I should have gone with Paul the Apostle of Christ all along Um, but no it's not because I think I'd enjoy the movie better for what it wants to be I think I'd just enjoy it better for how I come to it and then I just from things I've heard about it it sounds it sounds like it confirms many of the things I dislike about uh, the way Christians try to do entertainment and so I think I could laugh about that gotcha but maybe I'd just be so angry that I wouldn't be able to laugh about it I don't know there's that possibility too and so maybe I should have gone with Paul Positive Christ. But that was that was what I was weighing. Like the one that I would probably appreciate better for what it's trying to be or the one that I think might be actually funny gotcha. uh, as a result of what it was trying to be. I, I can honestly say I've not seen God's Not Dead, so I'm taking yeah. that out. Paul Apostle of Christ, an actual good movie. Yeah. You know, it was a reasonably good movie. Yeah. Um, Einstein, Newton. Um. You know, uh, this this one again. I've I've learned kind of the token amount about these individuals, right? Uh, but and from that token amount, I like Einstein. This sort of gets to your know-it-all personality, really. It does, yeah. And I, it, Einstein has that that edge to him. You know, he's he's quirky, he's crazy, he's wild hair. He's got the crazy hair. mustache. He's out there. He's doing and he's scrappy in his own scientific way. And uh, so there you go. That's my persona. That's the that's the know it all. That's the persona I have of Einstein in my head. He yeah. may not be like yeah. that at all. Yeah, that was that was the wrong choice. Completely wrong choice. Yeah. Newton's killer. Sure. I I. It's nothing against Newton. And you know what? Newton used to dabble in alchemy. A little fun fact for okay, you. Okay. See. Um, Manos, hands of fate, or troll two. Yeah. You chose troll two. I did. Um, I just over like both are so bad in their own ways. But uh, Manos, Manos is like ast- astonishingly. It's a terrible movie. Terrible. Yeah. Whereas Troll it's aggressively Two bad. is laughably terrible, and both are funny. But like Manos would be hard to watch. Yeah. Like e- even with other people, like you're just really like, what the heck is going on? Oh. Like these are poor choices. Whereas Troll Two, you're almost like. Did somebody had to have made this a comedy because it is so funny. Oh, my goodness. And so, as we've seen, I enjoy laughter. I enjoy lightheartedness. And Troll 2 is just so funny. Yeah, I think... And you could watch it by yourself and it would be funny. It would still be funny if you watched it by yeah. yourself. We better with people, but it'd still be funny by yeah. yourself. Manos, I don't... 
You, just you be, couldn't do it. I don't it. know that you could laugh by yourself. It is such a bad movie. You yeah. you could appreciate the badness Absolutely. on some level. Right. But, yeah. Yeah, you needed people there to make it funny. Zat, I think, landed right in the middle of those. Yeah. No, I'd say so. So. Yeah. There All right. Go. There All you right. go. Pop culture ambush. Uh, did you learn what you wanted to learn? You know, I you? did. I I was surprised by a couple of your choices. What, was, what would you say the top three that surprised you? So I think, uh, you know what? Actually, we didn't even ask about the cooking channel, HGTV or cooking channel. Yeah. That well, actually surprised me. food. Oh, yeah, I can watch food being made all, all, gotcha. Almost all day. Gotcha. Gotcha. God's Not Dead sort of surprised me. Yeah. That really surprised me, actually. Right. It I actually see. surprised me that you didn't see either of them. You know, I would have figured that you would have been assigned both of them at some point in time. So, yeah, and I thought the Black Widow of Valkyrie. Uh, was an interesting one um i kind of suspected many other things like i i kind of pictured you would picture you know beethoven knew you would probably pick bloom county over far side um although that was also the wrong choice um paper over plastic natural einstein just because you yeah He's he's sort of the pop culture scientist, right? True. And see, that's one of the reasons why I think that I would, like Newton. Well, I think so because, yeah. like, like Einstein, I have been wondering whether he was that big of a deal or whether he was just he he just sort of became a celebrity because obviously he was very smart. He was right. he was not a dumb cookie, but he, you do sort of wonder like how big an impact did he really have on science? And I'm just not as much of a scientist to know, but. Isaac Newton, he shaped all of modern day science. There you go. So there you go. There you go. There you have it. All right. Well, now it's time for the most least important thing. Here we are at the end of the show. Time running out. We only got a couple minutes. I think to it save ran out, actually. Paul, what's the most least important thing? Most least important thing? Yep. Batman is celebrating his 80th anniversary come March 30th. Anniversary, not birthday? Yeah, not birthday. Because he was already born? Well, yeah, yeah. He was, al- he was he already fighting crime up. in 1939. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because he was already probably 30. So he's probably around 110 now, yeah. technically. Okay. Um, yeah, but he's celebrating his, his 80th anniversary. So, happy anniversary, Batman! Happy anniversary! I I may have to like do a are you big old Batman film fest? Are you updating your book, like the 80th anniversary edition of God on the Streets of Gotham? If someone pays me to do it, I'll <laughs> update it really, really quick. Okay. There's so much more to write about. I can write. You could you yeah. could do it. Maybe we should have like a whole Batman podcast. Well, since I controlled this one, maybe we can <laughs> do that. Wield your will <laughs> against me. All right. No, I mean, I don't hate Batman. That's fine. Yeah, 80th anniversary. Happy, That's an important... Happy 80th. And, and it really is... It's totally inconsequential. It is impressive, though. And here's the thing. It is It is a very most it's important thing. It's hard to get something to be around and to be important for that long. Important for that long. He's still, I think, probably... Or relevant, maybe. Yeah. No, I, I think even with the Marvel Cinematic Universe as popular as it is, all that kind of stuff, I think that Batman is still like sort of the crown jewel of superheroes. And when you think about the context of superheroes within the American consciousness, superheroes are 
a big deal. And they shape sort of, I think, they sort of shape and reflect society as large. So I think it is a pretty important thing. I I mean, I'm not arguing with it. Happy happy anniversary. (laughs) Um, It's not as important as mine, though. Uh, Like, so this is kind of a big deal. Uh, Wind calls the heart. I've never seen Wind Calls the Heart. Uh, but I know it's got this like rabid Twitter following. And they call Wind themselves... Calls the Heart? Yeah, they call is that themselves like a Hallmark the Hardies. No, it's a TV show, but it is on Hallmark. It's a Hallmark TV oh, show. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, it's a Hallmark TV show. And they have this crazy like avid Twitter following. And they call themselves Hardies. Which Heart- is better than Winnie's. Hardies. Hardies. Um, but I don't know anything about the show. Except that... There was a large crash outside of the door. Um, except that um, it's one of its stars is Lori Laughlin. Oh. Who was recently caught up in this whole college admissions fraud scheme where, like, people are going to jail and people are having to post, like, a million. Her husband had to post a million dollar in million dollars in bail. A million dollars in bail. For this college admission scandal thing, which is, like, when I saw these headlines coming out, they felt like something from the onion right <laughs> like all these all these hollywood celebrities being arrested and posting yeah. bail for a college admissions scandal like yeah you know, no i'm this, with you it feels so low stakes i know that it it's a big deal i know that there's a big deal that it it, it affected you know people possibly affected people being able to go to other people right. from going so to these the college and, reputations all that kind of stuff i, I get that but right it, I, I'm just saying, come on. At first blush, you're like, what? Why is this? A million dollars. A million dollars in bail. But anyway, so Lori Laughlin is apparently a regular on the show, star of the show, One Calls the Heart. And they're in the middle of season six. And they are having to go on creative hiatus so that they can rewrite the second half of season six. But they're not canceling the show. They're going to continue the show. They've just got to figure out how to write her out, which I don't know why you go on create. Like, this is where I don't know anything about when calls the heart. We never go like, on creative. Why don't, like, they find ways to whack people in these shows all the time when they go find another show or they get arrested or whatever it is. So I don't know why they couldn't have just, like, offed her. So, like, oh, she was in a car accident. Oh, it's so sad. So sad. But maybe she's more important to the show than that. Well, you think they, they probably plan out months and months ahead of time, right? So they have all these storylines that involved her. And all of a sudden, you're going to have to change all those storylines. Yeah. So it probably it probably does take some time. Losers. Yeah. So do you think she should have been fired from the show? I don't know. I mean— They paid 500000 uh, Like, allegedly. Allegedly, they paid $500,000 to get their kids into these elite universities— Whereas like Felicity Huffman, who's also a part of this, she paid like fifteen grand. <laughs> so I'm like, what, wait, what, does what that colleges mean? were you like? Were you a sucker or like was like what? Maybe the grades were just that five, low. Yeah, for... like for like, oh, you only need fifteen, but your kids over here, you're gonna need five hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> pay up, pay up. Oh my god. Yeah, you know, I I don't know. I I just it is a big deal, and yet. You know, it doesn't. I, I, uh, <laughs> I mean, there's so many people who have so many have done some bad things, and yeah. are we gonna write them all out? And then, wow, how if this is if this gets you fired from a really popular show, how is Alec Baldwin still working? I don't quite understand it. Well, there's uh, there's a sense that you get 
Like, you just have to remove yourself in the moment, but she'll be able to work again eventually. Like, it's, you know, there's plenty of people that get back around to working eventually. It's just in the in the moment, that's when they boot them out. Because the they moment. don't want that immediate press. Well, and I know they want to look good. Brands like, are brands are very, you know, reputation savvy. Right. They don't want to have anything sully. But I'll tell you what, if, if you get caught in, in, a, in a college admissions scandal, we can still do this podcast. Oh, good. So if you pay 50, 25 bucks or whatever to get your kids into a really good primary school. All right. Sounds good. I mean, I don't have that kind of money to spend, but. Well, we know I'm that. I'm glad to know. I'm glad to know. All right. Well, that's it for this episode of Pop Culture with Fanboy and Know It All. If you want to catch up with us on Twitter, I'm at Jake underscore Roberson. I'm at Paul. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at AC Paul. It's been a long day. Yeah. <laughs> it's and just it's, beginning. And it's only 8 in the morning. <laughs> and until next time, I'm Jake. I'm Paul. I'll catch you on the flip side. Bye.